0: Thank you for listening to Black Women Are Scary, the podcast that celebrates people of color writing horror. The theme this season is land and place, be they magical or macabre. We're continuing our story episode with part two of Waniya by Amin Chehelnavi.
1: There was a long pause. Nikau's voice was suddenly loud and harsh, his previous mirth all but gone. Tara was aware, as were the others, of Nikau's weakness, of how his parents were seriously burned during an air dump and were hospitalized in New South Wales. He also had a patchy past as an ex-cop and redeemed himself by joining the New Zealand Alliance a group he and his family joined to help restore what the government and climate had taken from Australia.
2: You're not going to do that, Tara. You
1: can't. She didn't respond but opened several seals on the console. Three buttons were labeled, Extinguishing Protocol. I need two people on hoses. Hurry up. No, Tara. Yes. Kobar said,
2: Shut up, Nigel. You little shit. He said, Come on. Tell us how strong you really are, little
1: superhero boy. They're going to have a punch up. (coughs) Nickow, please trust me. Stay with the animals. Kobar, set the autopilot to go through the fire and then jump up to the hoses. Orto, you're going up there too. I gathered that.
2: You can't fight me, bro, Kobar said. I saved your life, don't you remember? Six months ago, you would have been stranded out there.
1: The dingo started barking, and the bandicoot squealed through Nikkau's comms. And then, a sudden rush of loud static lasted several seconds. Attention. License number T-3-S-T-R-E. An authoritative voice said, We've monitored and recorded your activities. You have breached the resource clause. ...using resources and equipment for animals instead of for Australians. This act harbors serious fines and jail time. You are to stop your vessel immediately. You want to get caught, Nick Al? You want to go to jail? Tara had to convince him. Your parents will be up for it once they get better. We have to go through the fire now. They won't chase us through that. Tara was trying anything to sway his tumultuous emotions... It would always be a gamble going through the fire, and the authorities were a double-edged sword. It was time to use both edges.
2: We're the near you assholes!
1: Kobar said to the authorities.
2: Come follow us into the fire if you're game.
1: And then to Tara.
2: Don't listen to those dickheads, Tara. We got this.
1: Kobar, go to your station and plot your course. Nickow, after a long and hesitant pause, Tara heard the smallest and most reluctant from him. She had a good feeling that this wasn't over. Not by a long shot. Course locked in. Thanks, Kobar. Now get up to the hoses. The carrier pushed on towards the fire, an unstoppable force. You guys at the hoses yet? I'm at the hoses, said Kobar said Orto. The nitrogen and carbon dioxide reserves were still full, thankfully, and the state of the ship hadn't compromised such an important commodity. With grim historical remembrance, a name entered Tara's mind for those people who did this kind of work. Firefighters. It had been their job and livelihood. But of course the government intervened, shut it all down due to the volunteers protesting their rights for funding and better equipment. They were close now. The temperature outside read a staggering 56 degrees centigrade. Full speed! Now all Tara saw was fire. The
2: animal army much quicker than I expected,
1: Nikau said. Thank you, Nikau. Otar said, and Tara saw the nitrogen and carbon dioxide reserves depleting. The wall of fire bowed and curled away, followed by a long stream of extinguisher mixture. Wania continued to heat up, and there was a sudden crash. And Tara grabbed onto the railing, almost tumbling over it. The readings on the console showed that they hadn't entered the fires yet. But Tara knew from experience that the connection to Asset 2 had no coverage where the fires were the strongest. That was when the last functioning solar panel went offline. The battery power also said 26%, and Tara was aghast. The heat is messing us up. <coughs> How much longer, she screamed. There was another crash, and she fell to the ground. Arto's voice crackled through her mask. We made it, Nikal, Tara said. We made it, you see? But he didn't respond. I can see the drop-off point, Kobar said. Great, get back inside, you guys. The heat in the carrier lessened as the entire right side of Wanya started to whine. Tara heard a great, crunching sound, and something large and heavy snapped and whiplashed on the left side of the carrier, almost capsizing the whole thing. Everything shuddered, and the Waniya slanted to the right, slowed down. The console revealed that the driving train was broken on the right side. The sprocket had snapped. What the hell was that? Tara suddenly jumped. At Kobar's voice right behind her. Are we stranded? Shit, Kobar, you scared me. Sorry, Captain. No, no, no. It can't end like this. We'll get arrested, interrogated, tortured. They'll want to find out where the other carriers are, how we're operating under the radar. It will all be over. I'm not going to get caught, Tara, Nick Al said. You watch.
2: Let them board us. So you were undercover for them this whole time?
1: I'll smash you. Kobar left the bridge and headed to the infirmary. Kobar! No, you idiot. Nick Owl said. I can get us out. Everyone get
2: down here. Radio silence from now on.
1: The dingoes were barking, and there were scratching sounds, like the wallabies were scratching at the infirmary walls.
2: Prepare to be boarded
1: came the authoritative voice, and Wania, now completely stationary, shook and shuddered. Something had hooked onto the front of the carrier, and Tara was sure they were going to be towed to God knows where. Kobar, she called again, and then Orto was beside her. Come on, girl, hurry up. They sped down to the bottom of the carrier, caught up to Kobar, who held back but was still fidgeting with the desire to fight as they made a left past the ramp, down a corridor to the storage rooms and infirmary. The infirmary was just a fancy name for a dingy makeshift room where all the animals were supposed to rest and recover. nickow walked up to them holding a wallaby, but his angry expression contradicted with his large arms carefully cradling the poor animal. He wouldn't crush it, would he? To Tara's relief, he handed the wallaby to her. She gratefully took the animal. I'm not going to get caught. You understand me? Totally, said Orto. Sounding confident, though Tara was pretty sure she didn't know any more about what Nick Al planned to do than Tara did. Tara carefully put the wallaby down. What are we doing, she said. Why are you giving me this wallaby? They'll bring a vehicle up the ramp and arrest us, he said. But we'll stop them and
2: take the vehicle.
1: And what about the animals? They'll die here. But Nikau had already left, and she had to follow him. I won't let them die. Orto and Kobar followed close by her. They all reached the hangar area, and sure enough... There was a great tearing of metal, and the ramp fell with a great crash and a police vehicle, one that looked very similar to the Wania, but much smaller, drove up the ramp without effort and screeched to a halt. Three individuals, covered very well with fire-resistant gear and wearing black masks and goggles, exited. And before they were able to arm themselves, the dingoes and the wallabies rushed past pushing them abruptly out the way. No, the animals, Tara cried. But there was no time to stop them. They rushed ahead, and to Tara's surprise, they knocked two of the police to the ground. Oh my God, it's true. We do need to be saved by them, just like Orto said. Wow, look at them. A few shots rang out, but missed their targets. The third one pulled out a gun, and the female dingo went right for his throat, grazed it because of the armor, and struck his head instead. The policeman fell down, apparently concussed. It took Tara and the others some time to get the animals off them before the police were bound and gagged.
2: I didn't expect that,
1: Niqau said, even with their injuries,
2: amazing.
1: You got some competition now, Kobar said. They kicked their asses, Orto said incredulous. The Senators must have worn off. Or they could fight like that because they're not feeling any pain, Tara said. woo Kobar was ecstatic. Look at this, Tara said. The animals won't fit in this vehicle. Do you realize that? Yes, they will, Nikal said. Have a look inside. You think it's small, don't you? Tara made a tentative effort to enter the vehicle as all sorts of alarm bells went off in her mind. Oh, there may be enough room. Orto and Kobar with me. Nickow, keep watch. Quickly, guys, let's round up the animals. It hadn't taken long for the animals to be brought back together because of their injuries. Are they all accounted for? Orto made a quick count for seven animals and gave Tara a thumbs up. Where's the bilby? Orto pointed to one of the wallabies. Oh, I see. The bilby was on that wallaby's back all the time. Just a mother and its child. Looks like Wania is dead. Hobar said, crestfallen all of a sudden but this baby Juanilla will take care of us. After more than five minutes, and with careful planning and careful movements, Tara and the others had managed to enter the vehicle with the animals. Now she saw how weary and weak they really were after all that fighting. It crushed Tara, but she kept going through the motions and safely buckled the animals, being so careful. Along with as much equipment as she could carry from the Wania to care for them.
2: So, is this thing made for a team or something?
1: Kobar was impressed.
2: Yes. Teams of police drove around with them to kill people or catch them,
1: Nikau said. Shit. Kobar said.
2: That's intense.
1: The police radios crackled with agitated and aggressive voices. Nickow, at the steering wheel, looked up to the ceiling and twisted something off. Then he yanked at it and severed a bunch of wires. He threw it out of the vehicle before closing the door.
2: To stop us getting trapped, he said. Now do you think I still have affiliations with the Empire? You think I'm on the dark side anymore?
1: Tara had no idea what he was talking about. And neither had the others.
2: I have issues, you know. We all have
1: issues, Orto said. I've definitely got issues, Kobar said.
2: You know, all this muscle I have, I'm compensating for something, right? I just don't want to be hurt anymore. And my body is my shield, I guess. A shield against my
1: oppressors. Nick Al flexed a bicep. Oh my God, Kobar said. You're an idiot. Finally, some ease in tension. Me too, Tara said. I mean, not in being an idiot, but with having issues. And I'm driving. Before Nikal could protest, Tara started up the vehicle. You know how to drive a cop car? Kobar said with disbelief. It's a prerequisite for captains, but also a secret. Tara reversed down the ramp. There were a bunch of police shouting at them, and some had already entered their own vehicles while others drew their weapons. Tara sped off in the opposite direction, towards the drop-off point. They're going to chase us, Kobar said. This is a great plan, Tara. Kobar, Orto said. Have a little faith. Great choice of words, Orto, Tara thought, and couldn't help to take her words personally. I do have a lot of faith, I know that. Perhaps it's burdened me more than I've wanted it to. But the heart of Islam will always be with me, something peaceful and open. They won't chase us, Tara said, as she drove back through the fire. It might not be as short a shortcut but going parallel along the fire should get us there on time. I hope we get there on time. After several minutes, Tara veered off the blazing track onto the cracked earth and smoking landscape. Already she saw in the distance vehicles with big red crosses on them and large makeshift domes made for greenhouses but now for animal preservation. Tara picked up the radio next to her and set the frequency for the preserve. Can anyone hear me? This is Captain Tara from the Wania. Our carrier has become stranded at the coordinates I'm sending you. Drive sprockets damaged, police on our tail. We sabotaged one of their vehicles. A license number. TSG-3FP, and we are heading towards you. Please don't shoot us. We have animals aboard, seven animals in critical condition. Urgent medical attention required. License number confirmed, scan completed, said a woman in response to Tara's call. We're on our way, Wania crew. A few vehicles from the drop-off point headed out towards them at high speed and within minutes were side-by-side directing them to Emergency Bay 4. The government is still going to get us, Kobar said. We're dead. No, we're not dead, Tara said. Don't you know? They have no authority here. It's out of their jurisdiction. If they break it, international law will kick in and these Stupid, towering cities will be cut off from foreign aid. When Kobar gasped at this, Tara continued, Yes, they still need aid. And even after all the restrictions they've put on us, I really hope they break international law. Seriously? Shit. Kobar laughed. I told
2: you I wouldn't get caught.
1: Nick Al said. I told you. <laughs> Yes, yes, Orto said and gave another hug to Tara as her driving skills wavered from the outpouring of affection. They passed into the jurisdiction of the camp and slowed to a stop. This place really is out of this world. Tara had never seen so many people in white riot gear with big red crosses on them, canopies of canvas, with red crosses overhead, and medical stations set up under them with so many veterinarians. Well, they look like veterinarians. Several wallabies stood by, waiting patiently, while several children prepared to feed them. A man and woman brushed the dingo down, removing ash and debris, and the dingo licked their faces in appreciation. Heavily fortified supply stores were close by, with several bilbies lying on benches being fed and tended to. People ran around carrying equipment and others held animals the same way Tara held the bandicoot in what seemed so long ago. Grateful with what she saw, Tara helped the animals out and there were people with masks and goggles urging them to the emergency shelter. Finally, some respite, she thought. One of the veterinarians led the alpha female into the pen with the other dingoes, who sniffed her and wagged their tails. They recognized her. Tara was immensely grateful that she had saved their leader. As she watched the dingoes leap and roll in happy reconciliation, she wondered, if something of a reconciliation might be possible with her own human family. After all they'd been through, the animals understood what was really important to them, each other. Maybe she could help her family understand why the animals mattered to her so much, why she struggled with the politics of her faith. Tara knew then there was still a chance for things to change for the better.
0: Thank you for listening to our episode. Wania was written by Amin Chahilnavi, performed by Nancy Gilliam, sound designed by Gabe Castro, and produced by Dusky Projects. Support Dusky Projects and our coven of spooky black chicks with a rate and review or by making a tax-deductible donation through the link in the bio. Your contribution helps us continue to feature new authors and new scary stories. Tune in next week for our Flash Fiction episode. Till next time.